activate the view screen, and turn on your universal translators because it is time for another Galactic Netcast. Brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It is Thursday, October 24th, 2013. Welcome to another Galactic Netcast. This is the time-traveling robots in space number 68. You know, I should do a whole time-traveling robots in space. Space. Only if you do it every time. Okay. Remind me next time I'm supposed to do that. I will. Uh, that is the voice of Mr. Paul Swickard from Glendale, California. Glad to have you back, Paul. Thank you, sir. It's good to be back. You know, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, but I'm here. Okay. I'm playing, you know, uh, Mr. Dad. Wait, oh. no, Mr. Mom. Yeah, Mr. Mom. You're, you're Mr. Mom. You're always Mr. Dad. And you've got the kid by yourself tonight. So in case yeah. he awakens... You'll just have to get up and, and take care of things. And he's usually a pretty good. And he understands. I'm doing a show. He gets it. <laughs> he's gonna he's seven months old. He, he gets it. He's gonna be a professional. See, he's gonna be a professional uh, uh he's gonna be so used to people doing podcasts by the time he's of age, it's gonna be oh. second nature to him. It's gonna be it, it, it's going to be there's no there's not going to be a thing odd about podcasting no. in, in its yeah. mind. Yeah, no, not at all. All right. It seems that we have lost Anessa. <laughs> I'm still here. I was just trying to find the product I was going to ramble about, and I don't know what I did with it. Okay. Well, that voice is uh, the other host of this show, Anessa Moyens from Denton, Texas. Uh, on the video, we can't see you. It looks like your chair is talking. See, this is where Dave's radio, you know, personality comes into play because now he has to realize like how am I going to compensate for the random crap that is going on right now? <laughs> it's chaos. It's chaos. Anessa can't stay in her seat. Okay, how about we do this? While you look for that product, I will describe the show and then we'll come back around. We'll we'll circle back around Anessa. Circle back. Now that's a corporate term. Yeah. Circle back. Yeah. All right, this is the show where we discuss all things related to time travel, robots, and space in both the science fiction and science fact genres. Not really genres, areas of life, I guess you could say. Uh, we do it by running down news stories from each of those separate topics. We discuss our entertainment picks for the week and then ask and answer the question of the week. If you want to watch us uh, do the show live, you can go to galacticnetcasts.com slash live. I need to set up some deal where it will send out a text message or, or alert you that we're going to go live. That would be a cool feature. I think well beyond my actual knowledge of making things work. But it yes. would <laughs> be cool to have. It would. You're like a product manager. You're like, you're an idea guy. You're like, I have no idea how to do it. I just know it'll be awesome. So do it. I, I need some developers. Like, uh, d developers, 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 make it work. Make this thing that you I want. Programmers, coding monkeys, yeah. go, do. <laughs> dance, little monkeys, dance. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, uh, this is the show where we talk about uh, time traveling robots in space, like I just said a few minutes ago. Um, let's get it started. 
and hopefully, oh, the first story is Paul, so we don't need a Nessa. Nessa, you can keep looking. <laughs> I don't know where it's at. Okay. That's That's... <laughs> so I was watching some video the other day, and you know the adverts that come before your YouTube video now where you have to sit through and, like, after five I seconds, do. skip ahead? Well, this one actually caught my attention, and I sat through all two minutes of this video, <laughs> and it's for a product that's called Poopery. Poopery. Is it, Poopery. Is it what it sounds like? Yes. If it sounds like something that will make your number two sound smell pretty, then yes. It sounds is pretty. what it sounds like. That's or a smells different product. Pretty. I know. <laughs> no, it smells pretty. Um, so yeah, it's this spray that you get and you spray the toilet like two or three times or however many times it says on the directions and it sprays a layer of film, which I'm going to guess is probably oil because it stays on top of the water. And so... You do this before you go. You sit down. You drop the kids off at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then things smell pretty, and you don't really have to smell your crap. So. Literally. Smell your crap. Literally. Yes. And it's wonderful, though, because if you go to the website, I think it's like poopery.com, um, the names for their different scents are hilarious. And my coworker was sitting there, and he reached, um, or he saw one that says "shit and pretty," and he just like busted out laughing. <laughs> yeah, w- w- you would be dead inside if you didn't laugh out loud on that. I know. So, um, yeah, they yeah. had this opportunity for like a free sample, but you pay for shipping, so it's like two or three dollars for shipping. And so they send like a little tube, and it has like this pretty floral enclosure. If you think of a uh, perfume. Uh, samples when they have that little booklet that you open and it's like oh smell the roses of whatever yep. um, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing and it talks a little bit about the product and whatnot and apparently they're a Texas based company so they're based oh. here in the North Texas area <laughs> Texas, so, power to Texas I'm buying local <laughs> yes <laughs> so buy local yeah. be global. Um, yeah. I not that you guys need to know I did give it a shot and it it works. Apparently, yeah. we do need to know. Yeah, that's 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 all the details that we need. We don't need to know anything more than that. <laughs> Dave, do you have a problem with the body? I didn't know what I had for lunch, but yeah, um, no, it it works. So I was actually kind of surprised, and no, my coworker was like, "I want to report say... on this," and I was like, "I don't know oh. how else to tell you this, but I tried poopery and it works." <laughs> okay, can, can... okay, okay, and I don't mean this to sound crass, but we need to go here because this has been brought up. How bad was it? <laughs> or could you tell? No, how bad no, it was? Paul, Paul, we don't need I to know tell that. How, like how bad my crap was? Yes. I couldn't tell. It's a fair question. We're talking it, it about poop. It is a poo, fair people. question. It's like, oh man, I totally had like all this Mexican food. Did and... you all miss me? This is so, the... <laughs> yes, yes, I missed you, Paul. Um. Uh, so I, the, I don't really, know the purpose of this is to make Dave uncomfortable. Okay, so yeah, yeah all like, right. I don't know how bad it was because, like, it was like in and smelling pretty. Okay, so <laughs> what you need to do, Anessa, is you need to um, do kind of a experiment, like a like a blind sample, like a you need to eat something that you know will give that will give off an odor. Okay. <laughs> okay. Vanessa, you need to get the stomach flu, and then, <laughs> yes. only then, will we be able to figure this yes. out. Yes, 
Okay. Um, so, is it possible that we can actually talk about the subjects of the podcast? Is that is no? That, is that a thing? Maybe. This is an end, and we need to discuss it. <laughs> okay. If it comes, this, this might actually come in handy though. Like, say you're a scientist and you're working long hours with people, and you only have the one bathroom. You don't want to leave it smelling crappy for the next person. Oh. That's always the awkward moment is when you go and you drop a deuce and then someone walks into the bathroom right after you did and you're like, oh, man. I never thought about that. Now, they need, to make, pretty... an, they need to make an automatic one where it just, uh, you know. The, they the, do. Oh, they do. If O'Hara can have these weird automatic changing toilet seat covers, they can totally create sprays to just spray poopery automatically. Yes, yes. It's like. You walk into the stall, it's like, and you're done. (laughs) You just drop and go. All right. Okay. Now, I believe it is time (laughs) to talk about time travel robots in space. Oh, hang on. What the hell? It's really soft. Okay. Pardon me. All right, Paul, that is your story. What do you got for us, sir? This story is about poo, ladies and gentlemen. No. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what, Dave, Anissa, I have fantastic news. We have the world's longest time traveler on record. Actual He's person a- traveling through time. That's true. It's absolutely true. Sweet. All right. A Russian cosmonaut of all people. Well, they they're always first to things, so that doesn't surprise me. Well, they, you know, they have their attitude about technology is a bit different than ours. They'll build a time machine that, you know, can like go into the earth's core or something <laughs> like so something super durable. Like, you know, you can time travel in a hurricane. You'll be fine. And hey, they helped out uh, what uh, Bruce Willis, uh, the Armageddon. They they That's stopped right. by the, the Russian space station before they went to the to the asteroid. That's absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let, and I am actually not pulling anybody's leg here, folks. Russian cosmonaut Sergei Kirkolev, I'm going to say, okay. Kirkolev, has spent more time in orbit in around the Earth than anybody else, which amounts to 803 days, 9 hours, and 39 minutes. 803 days. Wow. That, I, I honest to God, I, I did not think anybody had been in space that long. I thought maybe like a year tops. But that's not straight, is it? That's He's been up there a few different times. I would hope it's not yeah. straight. Oh, I've got to imagine that he's been in like several missions. Because no, would, I don't think it's straight. Because his body would be mush if he was up there for 803 <laughs> days in a row. I'm pretty sure there like doesn't have NASA doesn't NASA have standards about that like you can't spend more time in space than X amount of time. I think it's only like otherwise. four months or something like that. Wow. Yeah, it's like four to six months, I think. Yeah. And then they bring you back down. Uh, according to the universe today, I didn't know that was a thing. The retired space adventurer was the world's most prolific time traveler. Due to the effect of time dilation, Kirkolev actually lived for 0.2 seconds less than everybody else on Earth. Ah. <laughs> so effectively, he traveled 0.2 seconds into his own future. Oh, so there. This is a loophole. This is not actual real time. No, though. it's absolutely true. You just have to do the. It's 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 not flashy because it's math. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. You gotta do the math, Dave. 
he's traveling faster than everybody else. That's okay. why he's living longer. Okay, but he's, he's traveling he... fat. He is further away from the Earth, and he's going around and at the same rate. So that means he's actually having to travel longer, to in the same amount of time. Which okay. means he's going faster than everybody else. Which okay. means. Yeah, they, they, you can do this on the on on Earth too, right? With with if you're traveling around the planet in a jet, you're sure, time traveling it, as well. Sure. Or if you're at a certain like if you're at a super high elevation, same de- same deal. You're on the Earth. You're going. Well, we're all going at the same speed relatively. Mm-hmm. And but the person who is higher is going faster technically because they're having to travel more distance than the people who are sm- closer towards the center of the Earth. Time is a tricky thing, you know that. <laughs> it's weird, man. Yeah. It's all—it's all about light, which I'm not sure. I'm like, I—I I, I often wonder about that. Like, is light really all there is to it? Like, we're measuring this based on the speed of light, mm-hmm. the our ability to perceive things, right? So, the rays that we get from the sun—I forget how old they are. They're like eight minutes old or something. It like takes that. like eight minutes for them to get here. Right, so we measure that in terms of, okay, these particular rays are eight minutes old. And if that's, like, so does that mean that when we, the closer, like, I know the whole Einstein thing, like, the closer we get to the speed of light, the more time slows down, but I I don't know. It just seems weird to me. It just seems weird that the light, it would, like, is time travel all about light speed? That seems to be like our measurement of this. Okay, let me ask a question that either of you may or may not have the answer for. When we, a final, when we finally send people to Mars, will there be a time difference? Well, will they experience time differently? Will that the day is slightly different? Okay, that, right, but yeah. it's negligible. It's like it's like this guy. It would be like you know. I mean, it'd be like a few minutes, but right. The the day is slightly different on Mars. So they'll be going into their future. But they'll... their year is going to be longer okay. because they're farther away from the sun. Okay. The farther you get away from the sun, the longer it takes to orbit the sun. And right. so and while the day is going to be... Does Mars spin at the same rate roughly as Earth? Be yeah. Because um, I, I think the... I think it's still like 23 hours. Let's see... How long is a day on Mars? I, um, I know that they catch up to oh us. Oh, no, it's slightly slower. It, it It's slightly slower than Earth. I thought it was like 23 hours, but it's like 24 hours, 37 minutes, and 22 seconds for one day, one side day. So there's not that much of a difference. So one day on, on Mars. Um, <laughs> and then the year is a... Here on Mars, but they're they have a different <laughs> um, they have different time though. Like, like I know that when they put the rovers, uh, when they the the rover missions, whatever rovers they were as a part of at that time, that the people working the shifts at the at the controller place, they they would start their day at like three a.m. because that was the Martian day, mm. right. And of course, the sun is going to rise at a different time, just because it's further away and the light has a longer distance to travel. Yeah. Um, and the year is six hundred and eighty-six point nine eight Earth days, so almost double that of an Earth year. Okay. All right. One point eight eight Earth years, I suppose. That's so weird hmm. to think about. Yeah. 
But yeah, the time would be a bit different. I mean, it's similar, but it's still different. You know, on the moon, they're actually central time because uh, they wanted the time to be. I don't know if there's an actual difference in time on the moon, but they wanted the time to be Houston time for when the oh, astronauts yeah. went there. So, so it's the cent- control center. Yeah, so, so it's central time. Like, it has to be Greenwich Mean time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So interesting, Paul. That's um, I know. I mean, you're not like it's not a huge jump in time, but you're you're technically going ahead in time. You're actually. I'm sorry, Dave. I feel as though I've disappointed you. Well, I was hoping for you know, he he would. He's go hoping to, for like two wait years for my or pick. something. This will. Uh, I think this will be much more Dave's speed. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. You've piqued my interest, Paul. All right. All right. Good enough. <laughs> okay, um, so is it a rule that every single astronaut in Russia has to be named Sergey? It seems like that's... I know, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> it's like Sergey... I, or... I imagine the name is similar to that of John. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. All right, we would love to get your feedback on the topics that we're discussing, time travel, robots in space, all the stories that will encompass this episode of the show. Uh, leave us feedback, galacticnetcasts at gmail.com, galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. You can also uh, reach out to us on our voicemail number, which doubles as a text number, 805-328-3966, 805-328-3966. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook and circle us on Google+. We're all, all over the place. Leave us, leave us some feedback, positive or negative. We'll take it all and uh, we'll make it part of the show. All right. Moving on with our next topic, which happens to be... Robots. All right, Anessa. Robots are bad. Well, at least the ones that are being programmed to kill humans at their own discretion. What? <laughs> so, and and we all agree that programming robots to kill people at their own discretion is a bad idea, right? Yes, I think we sure. can all come to that conclusion jointly. <laughs> but apparently this is reality that's closer to us than we realize. And so a new FAQ from Human Rights Watch summarizes how close we are to autonomous killing machines and how important it is to ban them like now. Before it's too late. Because <laughs> you have to set a precedent, you know? You do. Yeah. So um, as the uh, HRW, or the Human Rights Watch document explains, while fully autonomous weapons technology does not exist yet, developments in that direction make it a pressing issue. The 2012 U.S. Defense Department Directive on Autonomy mandates keeping humans in the loop for any decision about the US, the use of lethal force for up to 10 years, or other military documents, however, have indicated a long-term interest in full autonomy. Mm. Um, For example, in 2011, U.S. Roadmap specifically for ground systems stated, there is an ongoing push to increase UGV, unmanned ground vehicle, autonomy, with the current goal of, quote, supervised autonomy, but while an ultimate goal of full autonomy. 
A U.S. Air Force planning document from 2009 said, advances in AI will enable systems to make combat decisions and act within legal and policy constraints without necessarily requiring human input. Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. It's coming, folks. Very bad. They're going to take up arms. They're going to realize how weak and frail humans are, and they're going to eradicate us. I don't think that's it. I mean, yes, I think, but I'm actually betting that it's going to screw up before then. Like, I think it's just going to be a mistake. It's like, oh, this is an enemy combatant, and then we, you know, they we try to stop it because no, you're wrong. It's not an enemy combatant, and then we become enemy combatants. Yeah, yeah, because we're trying to stop it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a mistake. See it's that? Yeah, there's a margin a for error that's way too wide in this situation. So, and the HRW document does a great job of breaking down why this would be a problem from a humanitarian standpoint. We want decisions about killing a human being to be made by a human being. And autonomous killing machines might make soldiers safer, but put more civilians at risk. Um, But also from an international law standpoint and a general legal standpoint, um, whom do you hold accountable when a robot kills a human? Yeah, that's another... Plus, the bottom line is once a country has robots that can kill on their own, every other country will feel obligated to follow suit or get left behind. So we have, a, we have a, an AI gap. Like, you, you're like, well, Russia did it, so we have to do it too. It's a new, and it's the before new you know it, it's like a world filled with killer robots. Yep. But it's going to be easier because then we don't have to send our soldiers, our our young men off to war. You know? No, we'll just wait for the robots to come and kill us. <laughs> <laughs> then there will be no humans left to have a war. It's like that short Peace film on Earth. It's like that short film that I had as my pick a couple weeks ago. It was like, oh, I don't think you were here, Anessa. Um, um, possibly not. No, I think it's when we had the two fill-ins for you guys. Um, but I think it was. It was humans basically fighting robots that got out of control. Uh, Which this sounds like this could happen. I, you're so and how do you like, def- okay, okay, folks. I'm gonna get on a little bit of a soapbox here. <laughs> All right, bring it, bring it on, Dave. Paul. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> I am not. This is by no means a political statement. Okay, let's look recently. We tried to roll out a website. We these things have been around forever. We tried to roll out a website, and it is screwed up. <laughs> Nobody can do anything. I believe the numbers for the first three weeks were one out of ten people could actually do what the website was intended to you're, do. You're talking about the Affordable Care Act, right? I wasn't going to say that, but yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> can you just imagine the kind of issues that we would have with – um? A weapon system that's designed to think for itself. I I work in software. I test software. That's what I do. There's no such thing as a foolproof system. None. It never is. I play video games. AI. It screws up all the time. It runs around in circles. I've seen like its head spin. <laughs> like just please don't do this. Yeah, please. no. No, no. It's <laughs> If they're going to do this, it's they've got to test it and retest it and 
It's got to be foolproof for for them to launch it fully autonomous. People have a problem with the drone system as is. Yeah, did you see that story? I think it was the last couple of days about, uh, it wasn't the U.S. Oh, it was the EU. The EU has problems with um, our drones. They think that our drones are killing more civilians that 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 then need be. I hate to say it, but that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Just, just. And that's the, humans. The it, human element, man. And that's humans controlling it. Yeah. Just think if it was. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, great, dude, dude. We are going towards this future. This mm-hmm. is going to happen in our yep. lifetimes. This yep. needs to sink in. Yeah. And I think I think they're on the right track. They need to. They need to uh, uh, super uh, not supervise this. They need to um, regulate this before it actually happens. Uh, yes, yes. I, I mean, we need to have rules, much like you know we have the nuclear proliferation rules. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not. I'm. I'm but geez, oh god, there's a scary thought. Can you imagine like a nuclear deterrent based on a robot? Oh, there. There. So we're in war games. Fantastic. <laughs> Anessa, were you going to say something before and we cut you off? Uh, yeah, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Uh, okay, so, uh, God, I would love some feedback on this story. If if you're going to give us oh, feedback absolutely. on anything, please let us know what you think about this. Do you think it's... Um, you think this is a dangerous situation? I think most people would think that as well. I would hope. Mm-hmm. I know, but right? I kind of think it's one of those things that they're not going to do anything until after it's happened, and then it's too late. We are very retroactive people, mm-hmm. so yeah, I actually I agree with that. Yeah, we <laughs> won't do anything. We will not make it, it. We won't regulate it, especially. We won't like this. Will not become an issue until it becomes a problem. You know what I mean? Like people yep. won't start talking about this until it like like oh my god, we accidentally killed blah. This needs to be done by Apple, not Google. Because you know how Google just rolls out <laughs> products? Just goes here. I don't, I'm not particularly comfortable with either, but just saying so. I'm just, say, I'm just comparing. You know, The people that are behind this need to be more like an Apple and less like Google. Because Google will just put out anything and go, try this, tell us where it's broken, and we'll fix it. They're not going to accidentally kill somebody or purposefully kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's so true. I'm officially scared. You guys ready to move on? Are you scared? Yeah. scared yes. Are you scared enough? It's a good Halloween story. Yeah, it is kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should change the name of the podcast to Time Traveling Killer Robots from Outer Space. Nice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> put a little edge on it. Okay, so uh, let's change subject real quick and uh, thank our sponsor of the Time Traveling Robots in Space, Audible.com. And for you, the Galactic Netcast listeners, Audible is offering a free audio book. Audible is an audio book service. And you just download them to your device and listen at your heart's content. Uh, They're offering you a free download with a free 30-day trial to give you the chance to check out to test run their service and to go along with the theme of this here podcast may we suggest dr wasserman's time chamber time chamber preventing armageddon that's the name of the book 
So here is a brief synopsis. Atlantic City, 1992. Dan Grossman comes across a story that sounds incredible. Did the South really win the Civil War? Did a, lone, <laughs> did a lone physicist really go back in time to prevent Armageddon? Or is it just the delusional dream of, a, of a, an acknowledged schizophrenic? So uh, the Confederate States of America, 1863, Dr. Carl Miller has only 10 weeks in order to find the only person he believes capable of altering his history, the niece of General Robert E. Lee. He must convince her that the South needs to lose the war and that her uncle is the key to preventing the death of millions. Dr. Miller has accounted for everything in his plan to change the world except falling in love with the woman he must turn traitor. <laughs> so it's a love story, too. Interesting. All right. Okay. Uh, to save the future, he must det- destroy the past and his only chance at happiness. So uh, try that book out for size if you would like or any other book for free. You get one free download with your 30-day trial of, uh, of audible.com and we thank them for their support of the time-traveling robots in space. Oh, I forgot the URL. If you're going to try it out, go to audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. That's audibletrial.com slash Galactic Netcasts. All right, let's move on to space, and that is this right here. Space. All right, so Japan has a space cannon. A space cannon? Yeah, I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Japan has a space cannon. Like a cannon that shoots people out into space? I don't think so. Oh. Let's in, let's investigate this a little bit more. A unique space cannon developed for Japan's Hayabusa 2 spacecraft has successfully test-fired on Earth in preparation for a 2014 mission. During its upcoming journey into space, the cannon will blast an asteroid and mine samples of its soil. So it's not to launch things into space. It's to be used in space. Ah, although I do like the idea of launching things into space with a cannon. That's actually a thing. That is actually a thing. I have seen video. That's an idea that somebody had a long time ago to just kind of uh, send small payloads into space using using a cannon. Right. Be one long ass cannon, but it'll be a cannon. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, the test took place in the Japanese. Prefecture. Prefecture of Gifu, paving the way for the Hayabusa 2 spacecraft to extract soil samples from the asteroid. The Japan Aerospace Aerospace (laughs) 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 Exploration Agency. Story closer to home next time. Yeah. (laughs) Announced on Monday. So uh, during the mission of Hayabusa 2, scheduled to begin in December 2014, The space probe will extract soil from inside the asteroid. In order to do this, it will be equipped with a collision device designed to shoot at the surface of the asteroid from a distance of 100 meters with metal shell ammunition moving at a speed of 2 kilometers per second. Is that fast? 2 kilometers per second? Okay. Yeah, it is fast. Um, JAXA, that's the Japanese Aerospace... Exploration Agency 
hopes to create a small, a few meters in diameter, artificial crater from which Japanese scientists can extract valuable samples capable of revealing the history of the formation of cosmic bodies of this type. So I have, I have a theory. I don't think mm-hmm. they're using this space cannon to explore and to study. They, they're testing this to see if they can blow one apart, the one that's barreling towards Earth that we don't know about yet. That's my theory. Well, really? I guess depending on how far away it is, it's probably a bad idea to blow up an asteroid and have it come at us in two pieces yeah. instead of one. Yeah, we learned so, we learned that from what which movie? Deep Impact or Armageddon that happened? Deep, well, Deep Impact, the asteroid just kind of hit Earth. Okay. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then I didn't was see it that Deep coming. Impact? Yeah, because what was Morgan the Freeman. other movie? It was Morgan Freeman. You, you know, and the waters receded. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I, then I never saw it. I just Armageddon. Oh, and then Armageddon. Well, that's why they called it Deep Impact, because it just hit Earth. Um, <laughs> that's the and, and then Armageddon, they actually went up there and, like, drilled and, like, blasted and then, like, showered Earth with, like, a bunch I of little pieces. And remember that. So, yeah, that, that was the only difference between those two movies is one hit Earth and one didn't. Right. Yeah. But the one that hit Earth, I don't think they really did anything to stop it. I don't Did know. They? I thought they went into it's space. It's been so long so since I've been mode since until, I've seen like, it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And we're dead. They just watched it come. They didn't do anything yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to think to like get something up there. If you notice it in such a short amount of time and actually do anything that would be effective, mm-hmm. right? Would be but, really hard to do. I mean, you—it's not something that you want to blow up because then, rather than having one big, big <coughs> object barreling towards Earth, you have a bunch of little objects that can cause a ton of damage as well. Um, and, like, the little objects are still going to be huge chunks of this thing. Anessa, um, we're talking about a movie. I know! It's Hollywood! <laughs> I'm just saying. But it started because of the space cannon. <laughs> and Dave's idea that it was going to come barreling towards Earth and we don't know it, so they're going to blow up it blow it up into that's pieces just, and that's, cause even more trouble. That's my conspiracy <laughs> theorist mind so. at work. Now, if they were using the space cannon to like somehow push it off of its course towards Earth, then I could see that totally being a thing. That seems to be the best route to go, is just mm-hmm. to push it. like, like Give a, it a nudge. Yeah, attach somehow. little thrusters... Or or have a like a a, a, a snowplow type uh, spacecraft to kind of just push it away, just push yep. it away. Yeah. Just go this way instead. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> so, did you know that this I'm okay with that as long as it says thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be very polite. Yeah. Well, it's Japanese. They're polite. Pe- they're a polite people. You know. They are polite. Yeah. So this is actually, they've already done this once in 2010, it looks like. Um, Japanese scientists actively began exploring asteroids uh, with the Hayabusa mission, which returned to Earth in June 2010. 
after exploring a 500-meter-long rock-rich S-type asteroid. Hayabusa 2 is a successor of the first spacecraft and is scheduled to be launched in 2014 to conduct research of a C-type asteroid, temporarily, temporarily called 1999 JU3. It is believed to contain a higher concentration of organic matters and water. Water? Okay. That's interesting. So, yeah, this is cool stuff. Hayabusa 2 is expected to reach its target in the middle of 2018 before departing back to Earth in 2019. It's the mm. longest time. Yeah. That is. Yeah, you got to be in it for the long haul, the long haul if you're into space. You got to be committed to your you, job. You can't half fast anything like, when I it quit. comes to space. No. Like, okay, um, <laughs> you can get back to Earth in two months. Sure. <laughs> Quit. I'm not doing anything. Wake me when we're there. Okay. Well, you're going <laughs> to die in about not a week if you don't do anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Idea. Okay. Office space in space. Yes. You call it office space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You just blew yeah. my mind. <laughs> If you could double check the airlocks right now, that would be great. Okay, what would you replace the stapler with? What what type of device would uh, what's his face want to have that's not a stapler that you would use in space? I believe you have my tang. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, hmm, I don't know. But that's a great idea. I love that I office space. Office space. In space. Space. But we put the space in office space. I don't know. You have my MRE. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe you have my MRE. You have my 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 car my my uh, carbon monoxide filter or carbon carbon dioxide <laughs> carbon monoxide. Yeah. I I, I believe we, you have my soap. That's my soap. I like my soap. Apparently, it was laid off five years and no one ever told him. I could have gone home. home. <laughs> I will let the glitch fix itself. When I we like. Get back. I like the idea. We should. We should produce it. Let's start a Kickstarter right now. Get it. Get it done. Office space. Office space. Yes. In space. Yes. If All we, right. If we can get Dave Nelson to back it. I think we can sell it to pretty oh, much anybody. All my point. all my radio money that I have. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Your radio He's fortune. He's in the money. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Enough shenanigans on that. Uh, that's, that's the uh, that's the three subjects. That's the three topics. So. Uh, Yay. Yeah. Good stuff. We'll have the links to all these stories in the show notes of the podcast. So if you want to read more. You can certainly do so. And you can certainly listen to our shows on Stitcher Smart Radio. If you have mm. a uh, cell phone, a mobile cellular telephone, uh, for example, an Android phone or, or an iPhone or a BlackBerry phone or like a tablet of some kind. And if you put an app on it, you can find a Stitcher Smart Radio app. And Oh, hey, there's Anessa. She's, she's showing her Stitcher laden her Stitcher laden phone. Show it. Show it again. Oh, here we go. That's. What are you listening to there? What is that? Oh, that's actually just my profile. Oh, okay. 
And I'm at 55 hours and 11 minutes okay. as of yesterday. Okay. Okay, what's what's neat about Stitcher is uh, you don't have to download anything. You can uh, stream it. You can just... Uh, there you go. Here's shows. Okay. All right. Here. Okay. Um, I've got all songs. I actually have a lot of NPR music shows. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. Um, and then I also have Welcome to Night Vale. And then I have... Um, a bunch of sciencey things, like, um, but they're very short. They're like sixty-second science and sixty-second tech, health. Um, you got astronomy as well. So, okay. <clears throat> cool. They're nice, quick bites to enjoy. Yeah, great thing about uh, Stitcher is it learns what your listening habits are. It learns what you like, kind of like that super intelligent robot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it learns your behavior and it gives you suggestions of other shows that you can listen to on Stitcher. Uh, what we want you to do, if you're not signed up yet for Stitcher, go to stitcher.com slash galactic netcasts and then enter the promo code galactic netcasts. Stitcher.com slash galactic netcasts and enter the promo code galactic netcasts. And uh, we thank you for supporting them who supports us because if we send people to that url that'll show that stitcher we're actually helping them out and they'll uh they'll scratch our back as we scratch theirs there's a lot of back, back scratching going on that's a weird uh-huh. that's an interesting turn <laughs> everyone's back is itch free yeah exactly all right all right apparently everyone's back is itchy all right there you go uh thanks stitcher Let's move on to our picks. These are our entertainment picks that relate to one of the three topics. And it looks like Paul's going first. Oh, am I? Yeah. Okay. Dave, I promised you a little bit more interesting stuff. Yes. This is a bit more of Dave's alley. Yes. So I apologize. Um, I am recommending an article from io9. Now, normally we would just tell you articles, but I can. I liked both stories. So I picked the one that I picked the shorter one. Because this one, this other one is a bit too long. But hey, um, so there's a lot of really weird stuff that's happened in history that has led people to believe that time travel exists. And they're, they, what they've done is they've compiled a list of what those things are and what is strange about them. Okay. So I mean, you, so you have like at the top of it, you have in in 1901, there's supposedly two female academics who allegedly experienced a time slip during, like, uh, and there was also time during the French Revolution where they they reportedly had a quote-unquote time slip. Uh, But the first quote-unquote real one was in 1928 and was really only spotted in 2010. Okay. So this is, no, okay, so let me back up. There's an old film, Charlie Chaplin film, called The Circus in 1928. In that film, somebody spotted the fact that that there's a, a gentleman on the film who looks an awful lot like he's talking on a phone. <laughs> a cell phone. A cell, right, and that which did not, obviously did not exist. So if you watch it, it's a little creepy. It's like you're like, okay, he looks like he's oh, talking yeah. to somebody. He's like in the black and jacket and he's got something up against up his against head. Would, and Nobody does that. Like, there was no reason for people to do that, so it's kind of like makes you scratch your head. You're like, huh. It, a lot of this is just plain weird. 
Can I can I play devil's advocate for a second? Please. If he's on a cell phone in 1928, how is he getting service? Yeah, who's providing the service? How's he? How's he? Who's he talking to? Yeah. I have no idea. Maybe it's a special time travel phone. Maybe no it's idea. the doctor. Uh, a same a similar thing happened in 1938 in Massachusetts. Again, a woman is. And this one's even clearer. It, I looks a lot like she's talking on a phone. Why would she talk on a phone? Like, what is she doing? Who knows? Maybe it's the, maybe <laughs> it's the same person and they're traveling through time. I don't know. Mess- they change genders. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So 1928, uh, 1936. Gotcha. Yeah. Or 1938. And I mean, this, and then I mean, I could go on. One of the things that this gets kind of weird. Uh, in 1935, while still a, a wing commander, he was sent to inspect a disused airfield near Edinburgh called a place, in a place called Durham or Drem. Mm-hmm. Uh, he found it in a very dilapidated state with cattle grazing on the grass and had forced like in that had for, w- grass that had forced its way through the cracks on the tarmac. Uh, later that day. He ran into trouble. He ran into trouble flying his biplane in heavy rain. Blah blah blah, and decided to fly back to Drem to get his bearings. As he approached the airfield, the torrential rain abruptly changed to bright sunlight. This is according to him. When he looked down, he saw the airfield had been completely renovated and was now in use. There was a mechanic. There were mechanics in blue overalls walking, and four yellow planes parked on the runway. <clears throat> One of these, one of these was a model which, for all of his all of his aviation experience, he was completely failed to recognize. So, the the creepy part about that is, the yellow plane that he's describing wasn't in use by that airfield until four years later. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But there's stories like that. Like there's a few. There's another one. There's another one in 1941. People call him the apparently the time traveling hipster. Because you look at this guy, it's a real clear shot of him too. It's he's probably not a time traveler. <laughs> he does look like a hipster. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, but he's got, he just he's, he's looks got completely different than everybody else. Sunglasses so on. He's got like a looks like a hoodie with a t-shirt. Uh huh. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, that guy, that guy, man. Yeah, and then there's a few others, but. Uh, Wow! Uh, yeah, that's. I really dug on this story. I was hoping you guys hadn't seen it. Oh my God, he's got it like yeah, a I haven't printed. Seen it. He's got a printed T-shirt. You would not have a printed T-shirt in 1941. I'm sorry. No. I love his hair. <laughs> the hair really makes it. It's just yeah. like the hair and the sunglasses. It's just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And of course, the Philadelphia experiment, experiment 1943. Sure. Henry Fonda and Shirley Temple checking their stagecoach route 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 on a f- iPhone. <laughs> huh. God, I'm gonna read this article later when we're done. Yeah, it's like we've the folks. The stuff that I've listed is about just about half. There's wow. a few more, um, <laughs> all with varying degrees of like you know like the. Oh, whole, they mentioned John Tudor. The uh, the Henry Fonda Shirley Temple one is like no, of course he's not looking at a phone. It just looks like he's looking at a phone. <laughs> but some of these are like. Just kind of plain weird. Yeah, I I love the hipster. That's that's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> he was a hipster before hipsters were cool. Yeah, <laughs> he was a hipster before hipsters were even around. 
before they existed. Yeah. All right, cool. like the ultimate hipster. Good stuff, Paul. I'm going to have to read that article later. (laughs) All right. Is that it? Is that all you want to say? Yeah, yeah, that's that's my pick. Okay, cool. All right, so mine is a TV show, or it's an episode of a TV show, Cosmic Journeys, Solar Storms, and Plasma Rockets. I watched this, I believe... On Netflix, but you can also get it on Amazon. We'll have the link in the show notes and on the uh, picks page at galacticnetcasts.com. So uh, modern science has linked polar light shows called auroras, of course we all know what those are, to vast waves of electrified gas hurled into our direction by the sun. And today's researchers from a whole new generation see this dynamic substance, plasma, as an energy source that may one day fuel humanity's expansion into space. And uh, basically, this show is all about the use of plasma, or possible uses of plasma. And I learned a little something. I didn't really know much about plasma until I watched this episode. You know, because you think of it, when you see it, you think more like it looks like gas, but it's not gas. It's plasma. It's something completely different. Um. Do you know much about plasma there, uh, Anessa? Um, not really, besides the kind you donate, I suppose. Or the, the, kinds, <laughs> the kind that's in TVs, plasma TVs. Oh, yeah, plasma TVs. <laughs> no, I don't really know too much about plasma, honestly. Okay. All right. Apparently, it can be used. Um, it's a very efficient fuel if we were able to... If we were actually able to, you know, control it and, and use it st- st- in a stable way to, you know, as a um, a source of fuel, as a source of going faster. What's that called? The word I'm looking for? The uh, accelerant, an accelerant. And we would actually get to places a lot sooner. We would be able to explore the, the solar system uh, pretty readily if we could actually harness the use of plasma in our in our engines and it's uh, there's researchers out there that are actually very close to making this happen i mean there's that's cool what they're what they're trying to figure out is how it reacts in space how it um you know how it interacts with with the vacuum of space and there was a really cool experiment that they showed on this on this episode of this this show um they actually launched a balloon and it in it there was like a um, experiment of some kind with plasma and it actually reached the atmosphere or, you know, reached high enough that you're in the vacuum of space and it came back down and they tested out or they saw how it reacted and all that kind of thing. So it was very science like uh, experiment based show, but they actually showed a lot of uh, hypothetical stuff too. you know, how plasma could be used in rockets and, it's really neat. Um, so if you're interested in one of the possibilities of, of um, getting us into the stars, I would definitely check this out. Cosmic Journeys is the name of the show, and the episode is Solar Storms and Plasma Rockets. Hmm. Solar Storms and you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, it also talks about um, the makeup of the, of the universe and basically... Um, you know, what, all the different places that plasma may be or is in in the universe in the galactic makeup. 
Kind of neat. There you go. That's my pick. Cool, cool. Yeah, Anessa, it's your turn. Sweet. (laughs) My pick is a movie called Doomsday Book. Yay! Doesn't that sound happy? I don't like the sound of that. I like that. Um, it's actually a Korean film, so it's completely subtitled, and it's more like a little anthology, so there's three chapters, so there's three completely different unrelated stories. Um, unfortunately, I only I was able to watch two out of the three, so I can't really talk about the third one, but it sounds like oh. the third one would apply to um, our show as well. Mainly, it's going to be like the second one that I talk about, but in case you're wondering, the first chapter... I believe is called uh, A Brave New World, if I remember. And it basically is a zombie apocalypse type film. And it follows the person who, um, I guess like the patient zero type person. (laughs) Uh And for some reason, just yesterday, like I watched a couple of movies and beef was not represented in a positive note at all because it was beef that started well as an apple and somehow like a cow ate the apple that was contaminated and then the people ate cows that was contaminated and it became zombies it was a zombie apocalypse wait a second wait a second hang on one second i think i've Uh seen this i think i've seen part of this before possibly yeah 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 yeah, I, think I keep I seeing it on Netflix, and so, I was like, "Okay, fine, I'm just gonna watch this." Do you know what um what what kind of, was you said Korean film? Yes. Um, is it portraying the American beef industry? No. Out of curiosity, um, okay. No, it the well the first chapter basically follows this guy who's a scientist and he's in the military, and his family is kind of mean to him, and they leave him behind, knowing that he gets out of the military a week or two later and they're like, okay, we're going to go on vacation. Bye. And like the whole family just leaves them behind with a big list of chores to do. And so he's sorting through all these recyclables and then he goes um, and dumps food off at the whatever dumpster where they process the food and turn it into chum or not chum, but chum. anyway, food for the the cows and whatnot. I'm thinking sharks. I don't know what they call it for cows. I think it's um, just feed. Feed. <clears throat> So they create, like, this feed for the cows and whatnot, and um, the cows eat it, and, uh, you know, the cows eventually get slaughtered and put on the plate, and the guy ends up eating this beef when he goes out on a on his first date with some girl at some Korean barbecue place, and so you have, like, the grill in front of them, and you've got the slabs of beef, like, cooking and um, when the outbreak starts, they show different people and how much beef they've consumed, but it doesn't really attack like a, the American beef industry in any way. So, I guess that was. I was nice. just curious because I've heard of that before. <clears throat> okay, a lot of foreign films take shots at our particular, like the American way of food. No, now the food. other film that I watched last <clears throat> night, branded did kind of poke at the American food industry and whatnot. So, but this one, not so much just because it was done in a different light. It wasn't like your typical burger joint. It was their customary, like, let's go and have uh, bulgogi 
their Korean barbecue. Mm, so. That stuff is so ah. good. Mm. Um, and so that was the first chapter, not really related to the show. Uh, but the second would... chapter, like, like these were actually not bad. Um, <coughs> the second chapter is called The Heavenly Creature, and it's about this robot who reaches enlightenment on its own while working at a temple. So these Buddhists purchase a couple of robots. One of them, um, or these Buddhist monks, buy a couple of robots, and they've had them for a while. And one of them they use to greet people when they come into the temple. So it's got, like, this little screen for its face, and it'll, like, oh, let me tell you all about the temple, how awesome it is, and yay, Buddha. <laughs> yay, Buddha! <laughs> yay, Buddha! <laughs> and... Then the other robot, though, is the one that they feel has reached enlightenment. And apparently, whenever someone reaches enlightenment, they are Buddha. They are a Buddha, I guess. Oh. And so to get confirmation that it wasn't like a a glitch in the programming of the robot, they basically Uh call the robot's manufacturer to have one of their technicians come out and look at it and confirm that there's nothing wrong with this robot. And the guy comes out and he plugs into the robot's head and scans and everything seems to be functioning properly. And so then they ask the technician, like, so what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I have to report this back to the company and then they're probably going to want to exterminate it. And then there's this debate on whether or not the robot is actually aware of itself and is capable of reaching enlightenment because I guess with Buddhism you have past lives Mm -hmm, and a robot only lives one life. And so how can you experience, go through all these experiences in all of your lives to reach this point of enlightenment? And so there's like a really big philosophical debate about that. Um, so it was, I don't know, it was really interesting. <laughs> and I don't want to give like a whole lot away, but that was like the big debate between it was whether or not this robot was legitimately self-aware and whether or not it was actually able to reach the point of enlightenment in Buddhism. And I think that's going to be the question <laughs> when this does eventually happen at some point. How are we going to figure out if a robot or an android or artificial intelligence is self-aware, you know, what, what point, at what point do do they become sentient, you know? Yeah. At at one point. And how can we determine that point that they actually become sentient and they have their own intelligence and whatnot. Um, And so that was like the big point of this segment. Um, But yeah, it was, it was really interesting. It gave you something to think about. Um, and then the third segment, which unfortunately I haven't had a chance to watch. I started watching it, but it was kind of late, and I was really tired. I'm like, if I keep watching it, I'm just going to get sucked in, and I'm not going to go to bed till like 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm turning it off. Um, but the third chapter, the last chapter, um, on IMDb, it says it's called Happy Birthday. And um, it says a little girl logs into a strange website and puts in an order for a new pool ball for her billiards-obsessed father. Um, and I do remember at the beginning of this story that the little girl sitting at the computer 
in her uncle's room and she's clicking through the computer and whatnot. And the mother is asking if she's seen like her father's eight ball. And she reaches for the eight ball, which is by the computer, and she throws it out the window, which I don't know why. <laughs> she, she just, like, chunks it out the window, like, nope, I haven't seen anything. <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm pretty sure this is why she was putting in a new order for her, the eight ball. Um, but shortly after, an unidentified meteor heads towards Earth, and all human beings flee to underground bomb shelters. So that part I didn't get to see, but I didn't really understand why she was chunking this eight ball out the window. But yeah, I'll have to actually watch that and maybe it can be like, hey, I recommend the last part. Yeah, I've seen so. this. I've seen this as well. Uh, I don't I don't remember why I started watching it. Maybe I was like you and I saw it so much on Netflix. I'm like, yeah, I, I kept it. seeing it pop up on Q and recommended Vanessa Doomsday Book. OK, fine. I will <laughs> finally watch your recommendation. <laughs> Whatever, Netflix. <laughs> I'm, your, I'm just your Fine, pawn. You can't tell me what to do. Play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I have self. I have. Uh, whatever. I don't know. So, yeah. Like I recommend if you don't mind the subtitle thing, giving it a watch. So, especially like I really enjoyed the middle one because it makes you think. Like, at what point does a robot become right. sentient? Yeah. So. That we may have to uh, cross that bridge someday, you know. Yeah. Maybe we'll look. So. B- we'll look back at um, Doomsday Book <laughs> as a as a source source material. Well, because you know, a lot of sci-fi predicts future technologies yeah. and whatnot. I know. Look so at look at the. It's very possible. Look at the Star Trek communicator, you know, and the. Yeah. That kind of stuff. <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, if you like our picks, if you'd like to uh, experience our picks as well, you can go to the picks page at galacticnetcast.com. That's another way that you can help support the network, help fund us, and as Ooh. and and help us um, continue doing what we're doing. I mean, we'll do it no matter what, but you know, a little something for the effort is nice too. So. <laughs> All right, so uh, there you go. Uh, we got one more piece of this, actually two more pieces of business. We have to ask the question of the week. And um, Paul, what is it? You you prepped the show this week, so you have to ask the question. <coughs> Excuse me. Absolutely. This question might sound a little weird, but hear me out. Uh, if you were given the power to time travel, but each time you had to jump through time, you ended up 10 feet above where on the... Ten feet, ten feet above the ground where your destination was, only eventually to fall. Would you do it, and why? Well, ten, <laughs> ten feet is not that far up. I think right, I, so it wouldn't kill you, but it would probably no, hurt. But it's enough to either hurt or injure you. Right. So and you have to consider, like, you, maybe you'll fall on pillows. Maybe you'll. Or you fall could fall on, on boulders. <laughs> right. Whatever. Or lava rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a gamble, isn't it? So you really don't know unless you knew about the history of that location at the time that you were going to it. Yeah, would we we know where we're going or how far ahead in time are we going that we're going? Yeah, you pick the destination. Okay. That's the thing, though, because you'd have to at least have a general idea like, okay, so I'm going back to this area a hundred years 
there were still people living here, so things like the terrain probably wasn't that bad. But then if you go back a few hundred thousand years or something, like who knows? Um, or the other way too, going to the or future. the other way. So you never really know. Like you could end up dropping ten feet into the middle of a rail line that was built like twenty years down the road, and it's like, bam, train, you're done. Yeah, what are the chances? What are the chances <laughs> of that happening? Oh my god, that That'd would be, be my luck. Um, you get dropped. You, no, no, this is what happened. No, you go funny. into the future. It's just like, and the, and the future is all trains. It's like train world. <laughs> it's all trains. Yeah. It's all trains everywhere. <laughs> At least people finally decided to embrace public transportation yeah, yeah. and use trains. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sucks for the guy that's time traveling to that time period, though. Right. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. <laughs> I'm gonna say um, yes. I'm gonna say yes. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the bullet and take my chances. You would you would do it. You'd yes. roll the dice. Yes. All right. All right. That's I would enough. probably be really unlucky rolling that <laughs> dice. I would be the person that fell ten feet and then got like whacked off by a train. Like, <laughs> bam, <laughs> and I'm done. Um. Yeah, I probably wouldn't just falling ten feet because. You never know what the train is, depending on how you land. You could break something, sprain something. Well, here's what you do, Anessa. You put like some kind of, um, I don't know. I mean, I could put padding on. Yeah, padding. Depends on how you land, though. Or like a little mini parachute that pops out. You know, like one of those. Ten feet's not far enough. Yeah, it's true. For the parachute yeah. to work. Yeah. I might as well just be Mary Poppins with my umbrella. It gets all nice and puffy by the time you hit the ground. <laughs> it's like you hit the ground and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, here, no, here's you what you do. That it's a requirement now in the question. You, you <laughs> have to have this thing pop up and just go splat in a cartoon-like fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, what you do is you bring with you. You bring with you a some kind of big bean bag or something. You know, something cushy. <laughs> You bring that with you, you drop it as you're emerging in the new time, and you drop it below you, and you just fall on it. Now, what's what would happen if it was something like the story that we talked about last time, where like the stupid rules about time travel, and then it was like you have to travel, like time travel naked, like how could you bring oh, yeah, that with would be, you? That'd be dumb. <laughs> so... These are all excellent questions. They yeah. they are. We've um, taken this to the level exactly that I wanted. <laughs> See, this you. is why this is why we asked the question. This is this is it is. Yeah. Um, I would have to say I probably wouldn't. Oh, you party pooper! <laughs> I don't want to be stuck like going back. Um, I actually uh, talked to Brad about this, and he said, "Yeah, he's like, you have to think if you end up like back in time." Um, I think it was Brad. I don't know. I was talking to somebody about this earlier. But, yeah, like, you go back in time, and say you go back to see Shakespeare, but you end up, like, in the middle of the street, and then you break your leg or cut it on something, and then you get infected, and there's not, like, any sort of medical technology, and then you're just, like, screwed. You guys have so the worst luck. Up- <laughs> <laughs> like... You guys, you guys must like have very low opinions of what's going to happen to you in the future. <laughs> no, we're talking about going back in time. 
Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> like, if you go back in time and you don't have the med- the advances in medicine, I mean, you will have some idea of what to do and what not to do, but they weren't exactly as advanced as we are now if you yeah. went back into Shakespearean times. So you also have to take that into account if you do end up injured, if you go back in time. Now, going forward in time, I would like to think that our future has advanced in medicine or you go too far ahead just like the time machine and then machine. there's no more society it's like Mad Max yeah. or something or, there's, or it's like time machine with those the creatures that live underground oh Morlocks yeah Why the Morlocks Morlocks and <laughs> I always forget I oh. just remember the Morlocks yeah at least their names anyway I want to say Lilu, but that's not right <laughs> <laughs> so Paul I don't know Paul yeah. what's your answer what are you going to do what am I going to do Yes, I'm, dude. I gotta roll them dice. Good for you. Yeah, right. I mean, geez, <laughs> you only live once, you know. Yolo. Yolo. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no. Jeez. I the temptation would just be too great, and yeah, I would try to game the system. I try to bring like I think you got the right track, Dave. Just like. Like bring a bring like an inner tube with you or something. <laughs> inner tube. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea though, because what if they're suddenly like oh, they made a pool or a yes. pond or something, and you land in in the middle of this pond? See, uh, an inner tube would be it would fit in multiple situations. So you strap you it on. Boom. It's like I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Push the oh, button. What happens if the inner tube like flips? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Two inner tubes. You can be a sandwich. There you go. Yep. I think we solved Done. it. Done. Yep. Take that and your <laughs> take that in your question, Paul. <laughs> I'm glad we it's had an this intertube talk. sandwich. All right. So interesting. Oh, my voice is cracking tonight for some reason. I'm going through puberty. puberty. I know. All right. So we would love to know your answer. What would you do in this situation? Uh, let us know. Call our voicemail number. It's 805-328-3966 or galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. Before we get out of here, we got a little feedback. Um, uh-huh. We have some emails that we, had, that we got last week. We actually included these on uh, Alien Invasion last week, but we'll, we'll repeat them here because... We're not really sure if they listen to one show or the other. It's just g- general okay. general feedback. So, first one is well, hey. one of them actually specifies that they listen to both. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay. So, uh, hey guys, Jeff from California. Love the show a lot. I mean, a lot. Like a lot. But oh, please, thanks, please, please, way less Doctor Who talk. Uh, Dave, I can, I can promise you that I did not send an email under a sir name. I was gonna say, <laughs> did you do this, Paul? Did you make no. up an, uh, a, a new alias? No, though I appreciate, I appreciate his perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I know where he's coming from. Uh, yep. Okay, he says, you know, I'm not a Doctor Who fan, and sometimes the show becomes almost a Doctor podcast. Just one guy's opinion. Okay, we understand. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> oh, and I, you... Okay, if I may speak to, in my defense for just a moment here. I try, sir. 
I try to get him back on track, but it's hard. It's difficult. Yes, you understand. Please, you do, you do a good job, Paul. You you ground us, Jeff. I, I'm sorry. I feel that's a failing on my part, and I will promise to do better. <laughs> I'm guessing maybe Jeff listens to more Alien Invasion than he does uh, Time Traveling Robots in Space. Although we do talk quite a bit about it here too, because time yeah. travel. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And there's been a lot of news with Doctor Who, and I assume, sorry, Jeff, we're going to mention something about the 50th episode yeah. or anniversary episode. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it, it's going to happen eventually. It's going to happen after November. What's what's the date? 23rd. It's 23rd. Okay, it's like a so, month away. But all right, next email. Great entertainment. Next email, Stephen. I Gary. forgot the last line. Oh, oh, keep up the great entertainment you provide. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank, you. thank you, sir. All right. Stephen Gary Bailey uh, says, Hi, I'm Steve from the UK. Listen to Alien... Oh, hi, Steve. I listen to Alien Invasion and Time Traveling Robots in Space on Stitcher. Thank you. Great shows. I listen every week. By the way, my Stitcher usage is now up to 1,312 hours. Wow. Yeah. He's probably at like 1,500 by now. Yeah, he's got to be. Got to (laughs) be. And by the way, Stephen, um, he commented on our Facebook page. That's where we got his feedback from. Oh, cool. So you can, you can leave us a comment on our Facebook page. You can email us. You can, there's a lot of different ways you can get a hold of us, including... I know. We're, we're very accessible people. <laughs> yeah, no. There's no lack of, of, of communication, means of communication as far as our shows go. All right. So we have one more piece of feedback, which came in today. And it was a voicemail. And Uh here it is. Hello, this is Speaker again. You recently posed a question of what body part would be replaced if one could choose a body part to be replaced. I think uh, an obvious choice would be to replace fat. Fat being the body's mechanism for storing excess energy, so to speak. There's got to be a, a more efficient system in the in the science fiction universe. One uh, one could hypothetically store all the energy that one could could intake in a much smaller volume. Of course, uh, imagine unlimited energy. Yeah, just think about it. So instead hmm. of okay, all right, hear me out. Instead of antimatter, we have anti-fat. Yes, it's, it's super condensed energy, and that would take care of obesity. You know, yeah, I've it got would. plenty of it to get rid of. But, dude, you do not want kidney stones. <laughs> I got some that I could, I could uh, shed off myself as well. I said shed, shed, shed. Not what? Never mind. <laughs> what, what are you saying, Dave? Poopery. What are you saying? We get out the poopery immediately. Yeah. I think we got a show show title. I think Poopery is going to be the show title. Awesome. But no, that's a really interesting idea. I I really dig his answer. Yeah. See, he's he's thinking outside the box, that speaker. We're thinking like actual like appendages. Like a, you know, an organ. Yeah. We didn't. (laughs) Right. Organs, appendages. Yeah. We didn't specify though. That's a body. That's that's a body part. And I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. Your right. skin is technically an organ. It is. Yeah. All right. On that note, that's going to do it 
for this uh, Galactic Netcast. It's the Time Traveling Robots in Space, number 68. And before we get out of here, let's do final thoughts. Anessa, you're always first. Go. I don't have anything. <laughs> Sorry. I'm ashamed. Not ashamed. I'm, yeah, I'm ashamed. Disappointed. Disappointed. That's that's the word I was looking for. Disappointed. Like I don't really see you being ashamed, but maybe disappointed. Although I really dig my shirt. <laughs> it was a random boot shirt, and I will. <laughs> You've got like this pug staring at the. I forget he, the name of the plant in from, uh, Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario yeah, World. It's just a, like the... It's like the... I don't know what you call it. It's plant. big plant that comes out of the tube that, like, bites at you, like, as Mario runs by. Yeah. And it's like a stare-off between this pug and this plant because the pug really wants to pee on the, <laughs> the uh, hydrant. And the plant's like, try it. I dare you. The pug looks desperate. The pug wants... <laughs> It's just kind of like, why are you here? <laughs> the pug is this close to doing the pee pee dance. I know. So, there's my final thought. I really dig my shirt. All right, awesome. I, you know what? That's a good final thought. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, let's wrap her up with uh, Paul's final thought. Be excellent to each other. Yay! You know what? Last week. I uh-huh. did. Your, I did your final thought. Well, two weeks ago, How'd I did your final thought. Went well. I thought. All right. I was nervous before I said it. You should have been. Yeah. It's hard to deliver. Actually, you wouldn't think so. And then Brad and uh, uh, Brad Matt. Matt made fun of me for uh, having final thought that it's the same one every time. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. I don't know what that's like. Getting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you guys next time. Yay! Goodbye. Bye. Leave your hailing frequencies open and scanners on full because another Galactic Netcast will be approaching your coordinates soon. For more information, go to galacticnetcasts.com.